98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas's ultimate sports fan destination. Alright, it is noon, live from the Auction Community Studios. It is time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron. So as the Cardinals prepare to host the Eagles this week. The injury report was a long one yesterday. Marquise Brown, Max Garcia, Rodney Hudson, Rashard Lawrence, Matt Prater, Justin Pugh, Nick Vigil, and Max Williams did not practice yesterday. Zach Ertz and Kelvin Beecham were also not out there, but they had rest days. And then in the open portion of practice today, J.J. Watt, who was limited yesterday, was not present. Hollywood Brown was working, but those that were not... Max Williams, Rodney Hudson, Max Garcia, Justin Pugh, Rashard Lawrence, Nick Vigil, and Matt Prater. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> you don't say. When you hear that, where does your mind go? <laughs> Nowhere good, I can tell you that. Oh my um, goodness. I, I Look. Go ahead, Luke. You, you don't, go first. You apparently don't have a kicker. I mean, you've got Matt Amendola. Um, you don't have what is that 60% of your offensive line plus some depth uh, that's not great I don't care if you're playing Houston we need like a, a go-to worst team in the NFL this year I guess it's Houston but they're in all these games uh, yeah look it's not good especially when you're playing the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles okay listen your offensive line is going to be the key in a gross simplification of the truth because you need everybody to go out and play well based on in order to win a game but your offensive line for the most part is go- is going to be the key to whether or not you win this game because you got to protect Kyler Murray and probably the best way to protect Kyler Murray is to run the ball and do it in a north-south way against a team that struggles to stop the run in your offensive line is all banged up. I and Max Williams, your best blocking tight end, a guy that could change the dynamic of this game. I kid you not, because I like Max Williams coming off the ball against Hassan Reddick on the edge, running the tackle zone, the stretch. Here it goes right at Hassan Reddick with Max Williams in his face. I like that matchup. Now all of a sudden, you're telling me. That might not have... Boy, what a mess. What a mess. Run. Well, that made me feel better. Run for your lives. Horrified. (laughs) (laughs) So, as the Cardinals head into Week 5, Kyler Murray was asked yesterday if all of the NFC West teams being 2-2 and puts more pressure on them to to correct the mistakes quicker. Easy for me to say. No, I think the the division's just super competitive. You know, it's... um, I think you, you take pride, you know, in, in playing this division. Um, you see, what, you know, how this division shakes out. It's always, it's always super competitive. You know, Super Bowl champs, 49ers were, in the, you know, in the game to go to the Super Bowl, playing the Rams. Um, Seahawks have always been good. So, um, nah, I mean, if anything, that's just, that just puts, puts more on us. We got we to gotta be better. Um, and I'm excited for it. I'm, you know, I'm super competitive. So, to me, it's, you know, it's uh, set up right for us. With the NFC West having all four teams at 2-2 and tied, how important is it 
for the Cardinals to pick up a win. Well, I, I think I think the bigger picture is it's important for them to fix the stuff that that they can and need to fix, right? I mean, if they go out there and lose to the Eagles, it doesn't end their season because everybody else in the division's two and two. But if they keep playing the way they have, where they can't get the plays in from the sidelines in time, and they keep getting delayed games and burning timeouts, if they don't fix those errors, then the fact that everybody else in the division is two and two, they're not going to be able to take advantage of it. So if you tell me they're going to lose to the Eagles, but they're going to get progressively better as this season's going, Wolf, I'll take that trade. If you're going to tell me they could pull this great upset over the Eagles, but they still look shaky and they don't get better, that's that's fool's gold. Yeah. Boy, that's tough, that is. Because three and two, that'd be really, really nice. If you told me they went out and they played like they played against the Carolina Panthers, and somehow, some way, they found a way to win the game, and they're three and two, I'm sorry. I still have to go with three and two, even though I know exactly what Luke is talking about. Yeah, this offense is the strength of this team. When will this offense look like themselves? When? I don't know. When better if, catch by eye. <laughs> yeah. But if you keep winning About games. two weeks from today. If you keep winning games when your strength is not performing well, I'll take that and still run all day long. Well, it might be irrelevant because if they don't play better, they're not beating Philadelphia anyway. So... Phoenix Suns forward Cam Johnson and campaign did not return in last night's preseason matchup with the L.A. Lakers after each of them injured a finger. How concerned are you about this? Um, I'm not like specifically concerned about these two. It's kind of weird that they both injured a finger in the same preseason game. I mean, you're concerned, right? Because it's your it's both cams. You're horrified. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm horrified. <laughs> horrified yet, although I'm getting there. Uh, but it, it does. It, it It's a reminder that they don't have a whole lot of depth this year. And so if you had meaningful games coming up and you didn't have either Cam and you already don't have Jay Crowder around as a fill and you haven't replaced him, like this is not a great time to be losing key parts of your starting five and or sixth man. I am so scared. Um, no, I, I'm joking <laughs> here. Um, yes, I, I'm joking here. Uh, listen, you know what? This is something that happens all the time. You go out and you compete in a sport, and especially a sport like basketball, and sometimes the body breaks down. Is it a little disconcerting that it broke down for uh, Cam Johnson and his thumb? Yes, it is. Macal Bridges and his finger, somehow they're going to be okay. They will be okay at some point in time. I think the Suns will be fine. Next! You know, let me just say, though, it, because it is, it's just, it's it's consistently like, oh, this really isn't that big of a deal. When do we get some good news about the Suns? <laughs> like, just, just any good news. Would that be nice. is, you know what, that's a great observation, Even if though. it's small good news, yeah. just give me something. Devin Booker being the number one shooting guard by NBA GMs. I guess that's what we have right now, yeah. Or maybe, like, getting Kevin Durant. That would be nice. She brought it up, not me. Don't give me that look. You're right there. No, you are. You're <laughs> clinging to so it. Our... He was voted number 10. Let me cling to that. Our Sanderson <laughs> Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, <laughs> which player on the Suns bench are you most confident in? Your choices, Bismack Biombo, Tory Craig, Campaign, Dario Saric, Landry Shamit, or other. Bismack, please sit down. Big Mac, large combo. You know it's Bismack right now. Anyone else just sit down and shut up. It's not Bismack. Oh, wait, no, we're <laughs> right? not doing that again. Yeah, no, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't do oh, that. No. Oh, my 
Oh. Okay, this, that messed me up. Um, okay. I don't think that's my answer, I'm though. I'm going with Biombo, okay? Boy. That guy's going to give you what he's got, period. And I love that because it's enough the vast majority of the time. I'm struggling with this. I guess I'm going to say Sharich because I feel like when he plays, he'll be Dario Sharich, but he hasn't played in a long time. I don't know what to think of campaign. Like a year ago at this time, my answer would have been campaign, and it should have been 100%. I don't know what to think of campaign, so I'm going to go with Dario Saric. So 39% say Dario Saric, ah. 25% say Bismack Biombo, 17% say campaign, 7% Landry Shamit, 7% Tory Craig, and 6% other. Mm-hmm. Who's other? <laughs> Who's left on the roster? Yeah. All right. That was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron, as always. And um, <laughs> what are you doing over there, Wolf? Nothing. Okay, good. Grammy Award-winning Muse is headed to Desert Diamond Arena on April 2nd, uh, 2023. Tickets go on sale this Friday, but you can win a pair now by visiting the contest page on ArizonaSports.com. When it comes to Week 5 in the National Football League, are the Cardinals facing a mirror image of themselves? We'll explain next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Welcome back to the show here on a Thursday afternoon as we get ready for Cardinals-Eagles on Sunday. And Wolf, you said something before the show today that uh, really kind of hit home. Because it, it opens up a lot of different ways to look at this weekend's matchup. Now, you and I talked about this briefly on the air yesterday because I said, you know, you see what the Eagles are doing through these first four games. And the Cardinals have the weapons to do that on offense. And we know that because the Cardinals did this last year. I mean, the, the Eagles this year are basically the Cardinals of last year so far. Great start to the season. Everything's rolling. The Cardinals started 7-0. and The Eagles are 4-0. and so if you're a Cardinals fan, you're looking across the field and you're like, okay, not only do they have Hassan Reddick, who should have been ours, was yeah. ours, they are basically doing this year what we did last year. But you took it one step further when you watched the tape and realized, yeah, actually the Eagles are running a very similar offense to what the Cardinals run too. So it's not just, hey, this team is good this year and the Cardinals were good last year. The Eagles are doing it very similarly to the way Arizona did it last year. Yeah, now that is the thing that is so fascinating about this game coming up is just how similar both these teams are offensively. I kid you not, brothers. I haven't seen anything like it. Um, Both these teams, they love to be in 11 personnel. Now, listen, there's a lot of teams that love 11 personnel. One back, one tight end, three wide receivers. They love that. We all understand that. It's taken over the league. As a matter of fact, it is the number one preferred personnel group in the National Football League, bar none, 11 personnel. Um, but it's to the degree in which you use 11 personnel, of course. Yeah. And the Arizona Cardinals and the Philadelphia Eagles, they love themselves. The Eagles actually use seventy, approximately 75% of the time. The Eagles are in 11 personnel. The Arizona Cardinals, 66. Those are two of the higher numbers. So think about that. As much as you think the Cardinals are in 11 personnel, the Eagles are in at 10% more? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Think about that right there. Of course, a lot of it's got to do with their personnel, right? This is something Zoe was talking about. But both teams, they love the shotgun. As a matter of fact, 
the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Arizona Cardinals neck and neck for who runs the most shotgun in the National Football League. Okay, so would you say that's a big similarity? Yes, it is. Now, do teams use the shotgun? You better believe it. It's just the degree in which they use the shotgun. Once once again, that makes it abnormal. Um, both teams have an elite dual-threat quarterback. Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray. Both went to Oklahoma, too. <laughs> Both went to Oklahoma. <laughs> how, how far can we go Yet with this? Yet another Oklahoma. <laughs> That's I mean, true. Every quarterback week, in Baker the league Mayfield, is, yeah. right. Both teams embrace the spread and spread concepts, of course. They love the horizontal game. And this is something that you can see. You can see the Eagles do it. As a matter of fact, on a fourth and one, they ran the same thing against Washington. Watching the tape. They ran a jet sweep. And the same thing happened. It got jumped by the Redskins. Sure, it should, always. I, I'm just saying, um, it's it's startling to see it. Both teams have young, offensive-minded coaches, man. Nick Sirianni, of course, and Cliff Kingsbury. And both teams, for the most part, believe they found this, this genie in a bottle. Well, so it, it raises a couple thoughts. The first one is, specifically on Sunday... Shouldn't the Cardinals be about as familiar with what Philadelphia is trying to do as anybody in the league? I mean, you're you're describing two teams that on offense are more similar to each other than any other team in the league. If I'm hearing this, yes, right. yeah, and, and you can see it. I mean, even if you just watch a little bit of the Eagles, you're like, oh, that looks like the Cardinals from last year. It looks like the 2021 Cardinals, the first three months of the season. What yeah. the Eagles are doing right now. So, in that respect, there shouldn't be any surprises. But that works both ways. If the Cardinals think they're going to trick Philadelphia with their special plays, it's not going to work. The other thing, though, Wolf, is big picture. I'm curious now to see what Philadelphia does this season. Because if they go out there and they start the season 7-0 and and 10-2 and and then they fall apart down the stretch... There may be something to this offense not being sustainable over the course of a season to winning a Super Bowl if teams figure them out. First of all, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be looking for that for that very reason. Well, now I'm one of them. Because, because again, all this 11 personnel, all of this spread concept, all of the shotgun, and you, you hear me talk about this all the time, the blending of the two, the blending of the two. I'm so sick and tired about it. Uh, yeah, I understand you're sick and tired of me talking about it for the last three years. 12 personnel and how you need to do this and you need to mix the old with the new. I'm so tired of talking about it as well, yet this is exactly where the evolution has got to take place. I'm not talking about going all the way to under center all the time. I'm not. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about expanding the football universe and not contracting the football universe. That's all I'm talking. Do it all, baby. Do it all. And you know there's going to be an awful lot of um, the NFL Anadi as I like to call it, the NFL Illuminati that are going to be watching this to see if that very thing happens again to the Philadelphia Well, if you, if you really truly want the blending of the old and the new, and I think that you do because you have mentioned it before, then you really don't want the Eagles winning the Super Bowl this year because no. in a copycat league... Especially, I mean, if you want the card, if if you're watching the Cardinals and you're looking and saying, okay, maybe they are struggling because they have become a little too predictable when they face the Rams for the second time in the season, or the Seahawks, or the Forty Nineers, or teams that have seen them a lot. 
but then Philadelphia goes and wins the Super Bowl doing what the Cardinals <laughs> are trying to do, they're never going to change it because they're going to say, look, that team just won the Super Bowl. Yeah, can I just say to you right now, Luke, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, I do not believe are going. they're going to win, oh, the, Super they're not winning the Super Bowl. I do not uh, believe yeah, they're going to I'm 100% do that. with you on that. Um, I, I, do, I don't think they're making it out of the NFC, honestly. They've got, they've got some really, really good talent once again, man. And it all starts with a guy that does something with the ball on every play, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts so good. <laughs> that's that's. Wait, how long did you think of that? I one? was yeah. You know what I thought of the John Mellencamp thing. I was I was writing last night, yeah, of course, right. and I was thinking of the was isn't it John Mellencamp? Yeah, wasn't it? Why did you go with it Zach Ertz so, so good? good? No, no. You could have gone with Zach Ertz so good. No, Jalen no. Hurts so good. Well, because his name is not Ertz. It's, no, it's Hurts. Can you believe it's they, had, they had Hurts and Ertz on the same team and they let one of them go? Legally, yeah. you shouldn't be allowed to do you that. You have to wonder about that right now, too. I what am is, wondering about how, that. How does Zach Ertz feel about this game? Does he? Do you think Zach Ertz wants to go out and play yeah. any different than he has before? Is he just going to be a pro and go out there and, ah, this is, this is just like every other game? That's what he will do, but you know he wants one of those like three touchdowns. Wouldn't, you, Zach Ertz wouldn't you love Zach Ertz and totally respect him even more than you already do? If Zach Ertz would get in front of a microphone and say, "Yeah, this one, this one's different. Um, <laughs> this, this one, yeah, would, I want this one real bad." I, I circled this game. I don't care what happened before or after this. Uh, I didn't realize we had Marcus Golden audio. Here, here's Marcus Golden talking. Anytime we have Marcus Golden what? audio, I'm going to be playing it. And I feel, I've got four clips here. I haven't got to play them yet. Here's Oof. Golden talking about Jalen Hurts. Oh, man, I see him. He's he looking good out there. Bright future, man. Uh, he's out there making plays. And I remember I played him when he was young. I think it was his rookie year. And I knew he could be pretty good. And looking at him on film now, he's, he's living up to what I thought he could be. He's a, he's a really exciting young player. He's, I love him, man. I got more. We, gotta get, we have to get through all this gold. Marcus Golden, what makes uh, Philly's offense so good? I think the, the system, too, man. They got some good coaches down there. I played them a couple times, man. This is being the Eagles, man. They That's a different type of organization. They tough, hard-nosed football. They can run the ball. But I say I give their coaches credit. And then they got the players, too, man. They got great two two great wide receivers, a couple tough tight ends, a big old offensive line that they can block really well. And a quarterback, of course. you got to have a quarterback if you want to be successful. And they got them a good one. Uh, Golden on what it would what it's going to take to get to Jalen Hurts and that Philadelphia offense that's rolling along right now. Oh, teamwork, man. Teamwork, good coaching, doing your job, man. They got one of them offenses where you got to do your job. A lot of zone read and everything. So that's the number one thing, doing your job each play and um, going from not taking the one play at a time. And Golden looking forward to playing against Jalen Hurts. He's a young guy, man, that's strong, tough, tough player. You can tell he got some dog in him, man. And um, you got to give him credit for that. But at the same time, man, guys in this league look forward to playing guys that's great like that or that's, that's on the bubble or become great, man. So, we look forward to playing him, man, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing him on Sunday. I don't feel like there's a, a greater honor in football, Wolf, <laughs> than Marcus Golden saying you have some dog in you. That's so good. <laughs> That's so good. Right there. I love the fact you rapid-fired a little Marcus I Golden. I didn't realize we had all that Golden to play. Alright, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. And honestly, Wolf, I don't know what's coming up next. This could get crazy here next segment. I'll just I'll just put it that way. Okay. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Midday, 98.7 FM, Arizona's yeah, Sports yeah. Station. I remember syrup sandwiches and crime allowances. Finessing on them with some counterfeits, but now I'm counting this. I'm a right. with my I, account 
I told you, going to break. Well, if I, I teased this segment as, I don't know what's going to happen next, okay? Okay. And that wasn't me, like, losing the show sheet, although I have done that. So I'm going to reset. I'm going to play this clip that we played yesterday. This clip's from 2017, but we hadn't seen it yet. K-Ray sent it over to us, and uh, and this is Marshawn Lynch from a couple years ago, okay? Marshawn. That's when it just clicked in my mind that if you just run through somebody's face, a lot of people ain't going to be able to take that over and 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 over again. They're just not going to want that. Think there's a deeper metaphor there? Run through a face. Then you don't have to worry about them no more. All right, so we had that clip. We played it yesterday uh, about running through somebody's face over and over and over again. Wolf, we had some fun with it because it, it spoke to you as somebody that's been that played in this league for a long time. We just had Zoe Lorenzo Alexander in here. Zoe doesn't just give us an hour of his time. He goes out and produces the show partially for us, too, because do you know who's on the Arizona Sports Line right now? Uh, yes, I do. It is Marshawn Lynch. Beast joining mode. Us. Beast mode is joining My us. My guy, what's up? What's going on, what's Beast up, Mode? Um, Marshawn, I'll just start you off with this. We just played that clip. I don't know if you got to hear it, but obviously you, you're the one that said it about that mentality of, of what football means to you and how to play football. When did that click for you in your career? Uh, uh, I would say that, I mean, it's probably always been, you know, something that was in my mind, but as far as, you know, taking it to the next level. Probably, uh, probably sometime during the league, uh, my time in the league. Hey, man, come on now. You know, I know you better than most, man. I, I seen you grow up. I know where you're from, from Oakland, right? Um, and so I, this has been in you for a long time, man. I mean, I got to play with you at Cal. <laughs> so, man, going to take the people back, man, how, how you grew up and what really birthed that type of spirit the way you ran. Because you, by far, you, you're my favorite running back. Obviously, I got to play with you, but compete against you. And I always tell people when I got a chance to hit you on the sideline when we was in Seattle, I get up, you laughing, and my face mask is bent in. And I said, man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know how that go, big dog. Uh, you know, it really just came from, a, from like, I say from just, I say Pop Warner. It was more so about, you know, just having fun. And as I, you know, as I grew up, you know, through it, it kind of just, you know, it always evolved from that. I mean, it was always like, you know, we was playing uh, tough football, whether it was a uh, street ball or, yeah. you know, if we had the pads on, it was always that mindset of, you know, it can't be, you can't be weak. You can't be weak. And what that translated to was, if, you know what I mean? For me, if you get hit, you got to hit somebody back, you know, 10 times harder. And with the mindset, knowing that, uh, I can hit you as hard as I can without getting in trouble right now. <laughs> yeah. so I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna make sure <laughs> I'm gonna make sure I get you good because I mean you know you as a as a as a little one you know probably had like some some anger anger issues or something like that. So when you had the opportunity, they tell you that you can hit somebody, you can hit them as hard as you want to, and you can't get in trouble. That was like music to in my ears. So anytime I got the opportunity to hit somebody, you know, I made sure that I I, I, I did it 
answer. Marshawn, you know, just watching you play, man, um, over the years, I played 10 years in the league myself, um, but watching you play, the respect that I have for how you played the game, you, 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 you tapped into the essence of the game itself. Um, it, I, I related so much to that. And the reason being is because when I was 18 years old, my father was lying in a hospital bed in our home, and he was dying. He was dying of leukemia. And I went out onto the field every day in spring, and I tried to make everyone else feel the exact same pain that I was feeling inside um, that my father was going through that. I wanted to transfer all of that pain onto them. That's how I learned how to play the game. And the game became very personal to me. For years, I've wanted to ask you, was this a personal thing with you? When you went out into the football field, was it more of a test or a game for you? <laughs> no, for me, it was always... Because I never, I never played football to be... Uh, I never played football to be famous. I never played football to have money or any of those type of uh, accolades that you get with being uh, a pretty good football player. I really played it because it gave me an opportunity to be closer with my uh, with my family, and it gave me an opportunity to have fun. And that was something that. You know, I I really uh, you know heart my career over a lot. And if you can go back to any other, you know, my interviews that I did early early on, you'll already see me talking about. You know, I do this because I something that was on my mind. I always just love playing. It always gave me the outlet that I needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I enjoy doing it. Because I played growing up, I played all the way from Pop Warner, high school, and even in college, I played with um, a few of my cousins. So it was always a, a family thing with me. And then just seeing the, the opportunities that it brought along the way, uh, I mean, that, that was special as well. But like I said, along that time, really along that time it was really just about getting out there with my family really really enjoying myself and having fun but at the same time I wouldn't say more of a test but you know if somebody hit me then nine times out of ten I'm gonna I'm gonna get you some way or another (laughs) you ain't lying about that that, man that, (laughs) that put it to the test you know, I guess it could say it from that standpoint, but more so for me, it was just more about just really enjoying myself and and having fun while I'm doing it. Right. Hey, you mentioned uh, family like four or five times, right? And I, and I know what that means to you. You got your family first foundation, man. And, and even as you've kind of transitioned and pivoted away from the game, you have still made it uh part of who you are as far as giving back. That's always been a part of your core, man. What what are you doing now? What have you been doing just in the community to kind of still give back to Oakland and, and other communities that have uh, well, I, 
before I even started, uh, I said before I even started my NFL career, um, you know, I was already put forth the effort to start my, uh, I'll say my foundation, but to start our foundation. Right. And before I even received an NFL game check or played in the NFL, we had our, uh, we had our first event. Which was our football camps uh, in Oakland, and that was the kickoff to our to our foundation. And I mean, you know, from you know, just from our uh, from our from our football camp to what that evolved to uh, is a is a testament to you know why you know why I really play ball because I mean now we have to at the uh, at the crossroad of where we are, you know, we have a, a nonprofit uh, organization, a youth center. I mean, with many programs, you know, that stretch from athletics to uh, academics and financials. I mean, it's it's really a it's really a blessing to see from where we started from to where we at with that situation, and then not only being able to do that in our in our city, you know, we took it across, you know, uh, I could say, honestly say the world. We've done this thing, Brazil, uh, Egypt, and uh, <laughs> Nairobi. Mm. Like, I mean, there's, there's, there's so many other countries that we've, you know, uh, planted these seeds. <laughs> it's really damn when I think about it it's really it's really a lot bigger than you know how I'm probably playing it but the, no, the it fact is. is that you know we we able to take you know what we learned in our little small pocket of the world and take it to other places and you know to me that's really that's really the the, the, the blessed and mm. you know what I've been able to accomplish with you know playing football. Marshawn, is there a guy that you watch run in the National Football League today and you say, man, I, I, I really respect that guy. Is there is there a running back? Who's your favorite running back? You said who my favorite running back? Yeah, do you have a favorite in the NFL? <laughs> uh, if there's going to be somebody that I, uh, that I can say that I really like, you know, it's a few guys, uh, but the one that that sticks out the most, the one that I've been having a lot of uh, conversation with, it, it would be Najee. Yeah, most definitely. Wow. Uh, I like Derrick Henry. I like Saquon. I like uh, that guy Taylor over in uh, Andy. Uh, I like the little guy that just. I know he just got hurt in Denver. Um, you know, I, I I talk a lot with the uh, with the guys up in Seattle. My thing has always been, I like watching running backs, not for, uh, you know, mainly probably by all, you know, why a lot of other people would say, oh, I like this running back because it is that and the third. But I like running backs because I was always able to look at that game and I would be able to pick something out of that game 
that I really liked, and I would be able to add it mm-hmm. into my uh, into my what they call it to my repertoire because <laughs> I was able to you know I was able to see that some running backs you know might not have good good breakdown ability, but when you put them in an the open field, they're a monster. Some of them don't be you know as flashy in an open field, but when you put them between the tackles. They're able to get skinny and get slippery to get through there. Some of them have great technique as uh, blocking running backs, and it might not be just going up top and blocking somebody. It might be something in their chop block, but maybe it's their feet work that I can learn something from. But I always just looked at running backs and appreciate them because I understood what it took to be a running back. And if you was able to make it to the NSL, you clearly was doing something right. And then I was just, you know, just pick a part of that game that I really like and try to add it to mine. Well, Marshawn, we appreciate all you're doing for the community, man, all you've done for the sport, and we appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. It's all good, man. Y'all have a good night. Thank you, Marshawn. Thank you, Zoe. Thanks, Zoe. That's uh, that's Marshawn Lynch and Zoe. Zoe, after doing the hour, getting Marshawn Lynch on the show there on the Arizona Sports Line. Beast mode, man. That was interesting. He said Najee Harris. I mean, Derrick Henry gave us a few, but Najee Harris, that's interesting. Uh, All right, sun season starts in less than two weeks. When we come back, John Bloom is going to join us next. We're just all these people from Northern California joining us. It's uh, Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, switching gears dramatically here from Marshawn Lynch and the philosophy of football to John Bloom and Phoenix Suns basketball. Wolf, how's that for a 180? That was really good by you. That's why you're the driver. Uh, We need the commercial break, though, to get myself ready. Bloomer is on the uh, Arizona Sports Line right now. What's going on, Bloomer? Uh, Honestly, guys, if I was ever going to be moved or bumped or whatever you want to say, for it to be uh, for beast mode, are you kidding me? Oh, that was awesome. I I mean, I'm still like, I'm I'm bumping right now. Well, for listening to of course, it brings back all the memories of watching him run in the uh, in the blue and gold. And, you know, you had two of the sturdiest of the sturdy golden bears ever in Lorenzo. <laughs> Your show, and now here you're dragging it for me. But I'm just a, a fan of of the University of California, Berkeley. Those two guys went to work there, as my parents did as well, in a different fashion. Yeah, Johnny. No, that was honestly one of the greatest conversations I've had. I've geeked out a little bit a couple of times over the years when we had a guest on, but that right there to get beast mode on, Lorenzo Alexander got him on. And I got to tell you, that guy, the, the way he played the game, I, I think there are few guys that left a physical mark on the game the way he did, but Marshawn was one of them. No, no question. And, you know, that's the thing. Like, there's so many people that have love for him uh, besides, you know, obviously Cal fans and, and Seahawks fans and that stuff. I think just football fans, by and large, have a respect for that guy uh, that is, is hard yeah. to match, you know, with regards to other guys that have been in that league that you were in for 10 glorious years, Wolf, and I know you feel that way. All right, Bloomer, um, the Suns get through their second preseason game last night, and they get the win over the Lakers. That's always fun. couple injuries, though, to the Cams, and 
bigger than, you know, I, we don't know exactly the extent of these injuries yet, but bigger than anything coming out of that, it, it kind of was a reminder to me at least that this team isn't as deep on paper as they were a year ago and maybe can't afford a, a string of injuries like that. Where are you just on, on, on how this team stacks up on paper heading into this season compared to where they ended last season? That's a good question. I think of the sun because you know there's only one tweak in the starting five. It's the yeah, John, Johnny's breaking up on us. Right, he got too he close is. to the sun. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wanted to hear that answer too. And the best I thing know. about when phones just just fail you is he's probably giving that answer right now somewhere, thinking we're hearing it. We're yeah, not. Right. No. It's probably brilliant. We too. can only imagine. And he won't be able to recreate it when he comes back on the air either. Like well, I, mean, I think Bloomer would. <laughs> Johnny, it's never of course. the same. Yeah, no, he's he's want to talk about a professional broadcaster. John Bloom is that guy. He is. He could definitely get that done. But, you know, um, I, I just have to go back to Marshawn. <laughs> I've, I've never seen Wolf so, like, I geeked out a ready little bit for an right interview. Like, I did. Yeah. I, I geeked out just a little bit, man. And uh, there's only been a couple of times that that has happened. We got John Bloom back. Johnny, you were saying. Much better. Uh, I'm on a landline now, so we should be good. I have oh, no nice. idea why my cell phone just crapped out. But here, here's the bottom line, uh, Luke, to answer your question. I think it is fair to uh, wonder about the depth of this basketball team right now, and I don't have the answer uh, to give you as to whether it's, it's stronger or weaker than last year's depth. What I can tell you is I'm not concerned because I think this is all part of the process. They're using the preseason the right way. They are giving starters their minutes, and they haven't really changed that starting five because Cam Johnson – you know, Monty's kind of referred to him as a sixth starter the last couple seasons anyway, so he slides in there. And obviously that is a little bit of a transition with that group because then it means that you've got a new guy coming off the bench first. And I think Monty's still trying to figure out who that guy is going to be, and it may, you know, change game to game or it may be consistently campaign coming in for Chris Paul. A little concern last night with both camps, as you mentioned. Uh, I don't think either injury is serious. That's just me going by my gut and what I saw from him after the game, but we'll find out, I'm sure, over the next couple of days before we go to Denver on Sunday. Your take on Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton and their relationship and where you think this is all headed? Wolf, that's another one I'm not worried about. And I've talked to folks about that a bunch the last uh, you know couple weeks uh, and even to the end of last season. Um, I just think that it was a rotten way to go out. We all know it, the way things came to an end against the Mavericks. And I think people handled it in different ways. And I think you know when it comes down to it, there was that on top of DeAndre's situation, which was really his situation. That was him figuring out where his future was, where he was going to play, where he was going to get paid. And he got paid here and I think in a way a lot of people look at that and say all right well then you know he got paid he got the big bag that he wanted uh, he should be ready to just go out there and, and get the job done but everybody's built differently and everybody wears their emotions differently as well he's been a young man that has always kind of been open with his emotions with us I love that about him uh, and I think it's all going to work itself out I think once basketball starts up and as it already has with them playing against the Lakers last night and obviously what went down with the team against Australia which 
which we can get into if you want. But I think all these things are going to enable that water to kind of flow under that bridge, if that makes any sense. It does. John Bloom joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, Bloomer, do you sense, I know it's early, do you sense any sort of mentality shift with this year's team, you know, intentionally? Like, do they feel like they need to do something different this year because of the way last season ended? Or, or are they comfortable rolling it out there with, you know, essentially the same starters minus Jay Crowder? It's interesting. I don't. I don't feel a comfort level necessarily, um, like you would expect with the vast majority of, of the same players coming back. And part of that is because of what you know they've been through as a group and what's going on outside. But part of it is just everybody needs to settle into their roles. And I think there's still some questions as to what those roles are going to be for some of the new guys. We got a chance to see Jock Landale last night. I thought he did a lot of the things that we've heard Monty and his staff and some of Jock's teammates talk about over the course of the last couple of weeks with getting a chance to get to know him uh, for the first time. Now he's getting game action, and you're always curious to find out if a guy can be a gamer like he is when he practices, and Jock certainly showed it off a little bit last night, so that was encouraging. And another thing, I don't know how you guys felt, but just seeing Dario Saric back on the floor getting it done in Dario Saric-type ways is very encouraging for this basketball team as well. Absolutely. Bloomer, we appreciate the time, man. Thank you as always. Thank you, Johnny. Always a pleasure being bumped for base mode. Are you kidding me? Great get right there. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. Appreciate it, buddy. That's, that's John Bloom joining us. On the, the Arizona Sports Line has been busy in the last half hour with Marshawn Lynch and John Bloom. Yes, I know. That is, those are two good gets. Two good gets right there. Two, uh, two Do we need to get Paul guests. on? I mean, all these yeah, Cal right. grads, like, oh, come yeah. on. Who else do we know that uh, the Wits Cal? Aaron Rodgers next. No. Uh, when we come back, injuries are piling up on the Cardinals' offensive line. What does that mean for their run game Sunday? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.